Welcome to season four of Outstanding Women Leaders, Witty and Wise Conversations. I'm your host, Katie L. Leeds, founder and chief owl at Outstanding Women Leaders, Owl Professional Coaching and Podcast, an organization dedicated to empowering women in leadership, relationships, and life. Owl is on a mission to host 100 million witty and wise conversations that inspire you, disrupt the way leaders think, and stir your soul into action. That inspiration today begins with a set of rules. Number one, nobody gets to be wrong. Number two, nobody gets to be right. Number three, everybody gets to be vulnerable. And number four, everything is included. We do not edit here. This conversation is exactly what it needs to be in this moment in time. We've asked our guests to join us via video to allow us to create authentic connection. Eyes are the window to the soul. You will be seen, you will be heard, there is space for you. When this conversation comes to a close, I will ask our guest three questions. You've tuned in before, you know what they are. And if you haven't, you don't want to miss them. But enough about me. Today, I'm excited to welcome outstanding woman leader, Vanetta Rivera, a 36-year-old mom of three beautiful children, ages 18, 15, and 13. Vanetta started motherhood with her high school sweetheart at the age of 17. Motherhood has never been easy and has in fact got more and more difficult as they grow older. Now living in a house with three teens, there have been day-to-day challenges, them challenging us, outside influences, mental health, etc. It's not easy helping three teenagers while she navigates through her own adult issues. That is currently in school for her BA in psychology full-time while working full-time and occasionally dealing with her own mental health. But Vanetta is happy to have Tariq, her, her high school sweetheart and father of her three children, by her side. She also is such an encouraging mom and uh, helping moms and dads who started parenting early and didn't go to college. Um, she wants you to know it's never too late. I'm excited to talk to her today about how important it is. She talks about having a therapist, how important it is to stop having a mental health stigma around those issues. So welcome, Vanetta. Thank you for having me, Katie. I'm so excited to get to dive more into your story. I know you personally. Um, I remember the first day I met you because I remember thinking that's so my style. You dropped the kids off. You were at a movie theater. It's the first time I met you. And because I still have your number in my phone as Zaire's mom. Because <laughs> it was the, I, I had just taken over programs. Normally, I was just doing the fundraising. So I didn't know parents yet. And you guys were like, we're going to head to the bar. <laughs> when are we pick right. up again? <laughs> like, that was like babysitting service for us. Exactly. I'm like, these are women after <laughs> my own heart. I love this. But um, take me back to high school you. Where did you go to high school? What is that experience like? Um, I I happened to grow up in a high school where I was, a, my, I had girls in my class in eighth grade get pregnant. We had a girl below us in seventh grade, a lot of high, teen pregnancies. I actually graduated mm-hmm. high school with a lot of women that had two kids before they graduated. So what was your experience like? So um, I'm born and raised in Hoboken. Um, I attended Hoboken, all Hoboken public schools. And I also went to high school in Hoboken High. Um, There is where I met Tariq. We always lived in the same neighborhood, but for some reason we never met each other until we were like in ninth grade. Um, My experiences, and I feel like in high school, I really changed, not in so much like a good way. I think I was like, trying to be popular, running with the wrong crowd, trying to find myself. So high school was really bumpy for me. I was in trouble a lot, got suspended a lot. And senior year, while being pregnant, I was even expelled. Mm. 
I was, um, yeah, I was in so much trouble. And then um, by the time I got to 12th grade, I got the option of either leaving the school or completing the year like on home instruction and being able to graduate with my class. So of course I wanted to graduate with, you know, with the people that I went to school with for four years. So I took the home instruction, but it was during my home instruction that I found out I was pregnant with my first child. So in a sense, it kind of like <laughs> worked out because I was pregnant, but not in school. I was home the whole year while pregnant, but I still were, was able to go to prom. Like I was able to participate in all the senior events, but just not be in the school physically. Yeah. So, yeah. So then like I was pregnant with uh, my oldest, which is 18 now. Like I graduated with the belly in June, but then I gave birth to him in September. Yeah. So you give birth, yeah. you're an 18 year old mom. What is Tariq doing? What is, yeah. How do, cause you guys are still together. So I would say like in high, you know, we started dating in ninth grade, but it wasn't always like this committed relationship. Like, of course, like we were still kids, we were still young. So he was running around doing what he wanted and things like that. And then, um, graduating at 18 with a baby. I'm still living at home with my mom. He wasn't working. I wasn't working. So my mom was like really helping care for the baby. And so was his parents. Like both of our parents were doing more of the parenting than us. So that was very difficult. And so I would say I was about 19. I applied for my own apartment and that was in um, Hoboken Public Housing. And then at 19, they gave me an apartment. So then me and Tariq moved in with each other and we both had like little part-time jobs while I was going to school part-time. And then that's when we started to really like, I would say form like a family. But other than that, like, you know, through high school it was just like, we're dating, but like kid stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was, it was hard, especially like, you know, 17, 18, 19, all my kids, all my friends are out partying. Like that's when you first start going to a club and, you're going away for college. Everybody went away for college and I was home being a mom. So it was like the most difficult ever, like adjusting to that. Yeah. And, and things should, like that. Yeah. And just for our audience, we're going to, we'll fast forward real quick for you. She has three amazing children. I've gotten to meet mm -hmm. all of them. Um, they're doing fantastic. And you just bought a home in Jersey city a couple years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that is a major accomplishment. So a lot of years and I'm I feel like the pandemic was negative in such a big way but then also good things came out of it because we were able to like save money you know like not going mm -hmm. nowhere um yeah which yeah. allowed us to buy our first home but like if it wasn't for COVID I don't know I probably still would have been renting in Jersey City and probably <laughs> spending money recklessly but being home those three years like we were able to manage fixing out credit, saving a lot of money. That's when I started to go back to school. And I got my associates actually during that three-year span. And now I just went into a four-year college. That's amazing. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I love hearing a good COVID, a uh, good support story of like how, even though I think it was just like everything in life, there was a double-edged sword. There was a mental health uh, part of COVID that definitely took mm -hmm. its toll, but there was also a, a reprioritizing in COVID right. and really getting serious about what you want to do. 
what mm-hmm. if, what advice do you have for moms? You know, I, so I talking about going to school, like myself, my cousin's wife, not his child, but at 15, she also had a son. I've gotten to know him uh, very well over the years. Isaiah is a pretty amazing kid. And he also had very influential grandparents that helped support mm-hmm. him and raise him. Like it takes a village. What advice do you have? I think now we, we also often look at, well, we don't have to keep the baby, you know, but you did. Right. Yeah. I just feel like, um, there's always like a, at the, there's always a light at the end of every tunnel. Like you might feel like you're in a dark place or like, this is not going to happen or this is too much, but, um, I wouldn't say I'm like super religious. I don't go to church and stuff, but I do pray and I do believe in God. And I just feel like he always puts you in the place you need to be when it's that, when it's that time. Um, I definitely feel like, wow, uh, the student I am now as an adult, like I wish I was that student in high school. Like I could have been, <laughs> I could have been anywhere right now. Right now, like I have a GPA, like I think it's like 3.4. And when I graduated Hudson, um, I graduated with like high honors and just so much more focused now than I was when I was in high school. But if I had to give anybody advice, I would say go back to school. Don't let age define you. It's it's just never too late to give up on your dreams. Mm-hmm. Like don't and, give up on your dreams. Yeah. And what are your dreams with this four-year degree that you're pursuing? So um, originally I graduated Hudson Community College with an associate's in education. I was thinking about going to school to become a teacher. And then I went into four-year college and JCU with the minor of psychology. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I like the psychology part more than the education. But when I was in Hudson, you couldn't have like two majors. So I just strictly did education. So now in JCU, like majority of my classes are psychology. I just changed my entire major to psychology. So right now the goal is um, after my BA, I have to go back and try to get my master's. And then I want to do like in school, since that's where I originally wanted to be, but like counseling, like guidance counselor, like something in yeah. that nature. Yeah. Or if not even like um outreach, like community outreach, like I'm so into things like that. Human resources, like something in that feel. Yeah. And that's so mm-hmm. we need people like you to do that. Uh, people that are not afraid to like, you know, you've You've walked the walk, you've lived the life, you know, that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. something was hard for me as a high school teacher is uh, we were telling kids, you know, if you don't go to college, you have no other options, but you know, that's not too true. You know, that college is always an option right. for you at whatever age that you are and being able to just give kids guidance. Um, if they do find themselves, um, to set, taking an alternative route for whatever reason. Yeah. A lot of things I try to express now too. I'm sorry. A lot of things I try to express now too. Um, Cause I feel like too, when you graduate in high school, that's such like a pressure, like, Oh my God, like you have to go to college. You have to go to college right away. Like college is everything. Um, now I'm telling my kids too. I'm like, if you're not going to go to college, you could pick up a trade <laughs> because it's like, no one speaks about that too. I'm like, pick up a trade, electrician, firefighter, police officer, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, make some money, get a skill set that can't be outsourced. Right. And that mm-hmm. way, if you ever find yourself after your college degree losing a job, that you have something to fall That's back so on. That's so true. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or even, you know, making the money and then going to college and before uh, the government started handing out student loans, that was what a lot of kids had to do. Of course, college, you could work a summer and then you were able to afford college after that. College is a little yeah. more expensive now. And also you get two free years of college in Jersey. Uh, what a right. great gift to be able mm -hmm. to get two free years. I, I, I took advantage. We didn't have that program. I had a scholarship for my community college, but for me, um, you want to return on your investment. Vanetta, what I hear is that you have a much better return on your investment at your age today, getting a college diploma, because you know yeah. what you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes we also need to, you know, you mentioned teaching. We need to experience the workplace before we realize, and you really struggled with some anxiety working yeah. with children. You know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and like how you kind of from there discover that this isn't for you. Yeah. So I remember like when I first had Scarlett, so that's way back 2011. Um, I went back to work like shortly after that, maybe four months. And then I don't know what happened. Like what, I don't know if it was like now I had three kids and I was so overwhelmed at work, but being in a classroom started to give me like a lot of anxiety, like working in the classroom. So I had took a FMLA leave from there for like two years. Then I went back, but I went back to substituting, whereas like I wasn't in the classroom every day. I'm now I'm just like on call. So now I was on call. It, it was just very stressful. Like not only administration, um, just like the demand of being a substitute. Like they put you wherever you want, like different grades, never like a set schedule. And then I don't know, I just started to develop like a lot of anxiety. From not knowing like where I was going, what I was going to be doing, where I was going to be working and things like that. Yeah, no certainty there. Yes. And, and I, you know, I think you speak to a lot of experiences for people that become teachers. Uh, like, there's nothing more anxiety producing than realizing you just put four years of work into becoming a teacher. And now the work itself is causing anxiety for you. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for uh, which is why you know for people uh thinking about college and becoming a teacher, it's so important to like do some of those other things that you don't have to have your four year degree from, so that you get good clarity on where do you want to spend, what creates the certainty for you, what gives you the the rhythm that you need, so that work doesn't become anxiety producing. Yeah, and I also feel like too, like um, you know, like trying to raise three kids at home, working with kids all day and then coming home to raise three kids at home. Like it's not fair to my kids if I come home overwhelmed and so tired from teaching that I'm too tired to help them with their homework. Or, you know, like I'm too tired to, to attend to my own home because I've been with kids all day. So it's just something to me that like, this is not going to click. Like I have to change my major and go into a different career field. Well, yeah, I can still work around kids. I could do counseling because that's still involved with the kids and I'm in the school, but I'm not directly in the classroom. Yeah. Well, and by the time that you're kind of falling into that, you won't, you won't have kids at home for much longer. Right. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, this is going by too fast. It's so, it's bittersweet, bittersweet. Like Tariq right now, he's in college and he's working and he's pretty much like on his own. And I'm so happy that I've, you know, we raised him to be such an independent, smart responsible person but then some days when I come home and he's not here like in my house because he has his own little apartment mm -hmm. it's just like really sad and then I'll like one time like I expressed to him like oh my god I'm like so sad like I can like cry 
because you're like not my baby no more. He's like, I don't get it. Like, you want me to go out and be strong and independent, but then you call me that you're sad that I'm doing all these things. And it was like that, like the first few months. And then I think I just had to adjust. So now it's like, I'm kind of like letting go a little bit, like letting him become the man that he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you look back on your life and like the the anxieties and like how they've kind of ebbed and flowed, uh, what do you, what have you learned about your own mental health and what you need? I feel like I'm just like an overthinker. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like I need to, like, I have to take a step back when I feel myself starting to overthink, like Vanetta, trust, trust the process, be positive, take a deep breath, relax, like something good is going to come out of this because I always think like worst case scenario with everything so now I'm just trying to like always take a step back breathe talk to myself like to calm myself down and just tell myself you know like trust the process trust God like something good of this will will happen instead of just thinking worst case scenario and overthinking everything trust the process it sounds like when you got pregnant you really trusted the process right was there was there anxiety there (laughs) oh my gosh so much anxiety like how am I gonna do this how am I gonna raise a baby when I'm a baby where am I gonna get his clothes where am I gonna get his milk like how am I going to become a mom and like I'm just a baby but then you know everything eventually worked out Little by little, like nothing happened overnight, but little by little, I feel like by the time Tariq was like one, I got the hang of everything. And I, and I had to grow up fast and become the mom that I didn't even think that I can be just to take care of him. Mm. Yeah. That's probably better than any college degree that you can earn right out of high school. I imagine that you were equipped with a lot more skill sets after four years of raising Tariq than you would be after four years of just going to college to learn. It's so crazy too, because, um, so Tariq graduated last year, I want to say last summer, right? Yeah. He graduated uh, June of 2022 from County Prep in Jersey City. And then he started NJCU in September and I did too. So it's like, wow, the the baby that I had and I graduated with in my tummy from high school, we're both starting college together. Of course, he started his freshman year and I was um, going into my junior year, though. But he's doing business and I'm doing psychology. So we don't see each other at all. I'm only (laughs) I'm only on campus once a week and he's on a totally different campus. But it's just so crazy. It's like I can't even believe it. Like this was just my baby. And now he's in college. Yeah. Well, and what an incredible testament to why you should always trust the process. Right. Because he is right. such a great kid. And um, I'm getting tears as I talk about this. So my mom, uh, when I enrolled in community college, my mom had a two-year degree. Her counselors told her that she would not be able to go to four-year college. She wasn't smart enough, which was bullshit. That's just what you tell people that back then had a slight learning disability of reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom was a med tech and uh, she went enrolled in my Spanish class because she wanted to learn to speak Spanish because they had a lot more patients that were coming into the hospital that spoke Spanish. And she wanted to be able to, she learned sign language. She had gone to community wow. college for that so that she could be able to sign to people. And that was just my mom. She was always like, you know, however I can better help people. So she took Spanish classes and my mom sat in my classes. So not only did she not avoid me at school, like you are for Tariq, you can say, well, Hey, at least you're <laughs> lucky that I don't didn't sign up for Spanish class with you. And, but it was 
not only was it kind of fun a little bit to have my mom in there, but even like when she passed away, we had the same Spanish teacher that, you know, remembered both of us and reached out to us. And I think my mom probably, even though I continue with Spanish after that, she probably spoke it a little bit better than I did because whenever she went to a (laughs) restaurant, she always used her Spanish. I mean, she knew the backstory of, this is where I get it from. She knew the backstory of the owners of El, of Habaneros. And then when they had a fight and the family split up and my mom took the side and, like, but all of that, like her wanting to learn <laughs> Spanish was just so that she could make other people feel comfortable um, by making me feel uncomfortable coming to my classes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome too, that like you were actually happy, you know, like that your mom was in your class. Like there's, I mean, I there's wasn't, an event. I was pretending <laughs> to not be happy, I think. but like now, but I have that memory now, you know, in the moment, it's, it's such a good like, memory. this is so great. I'm glad my mom's here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Whenever there's like a campus event going on, like, obviously I don't pay any attention to that because I'm working too full time. Mm-hmm. So then I'll read about it in an email or I'll see that, that Tariq is there, like on his Instagram, like he'll post a story. So I'll be like, oh, this is going on today in NJCU. Why didn't you tell me? And then he was like, uh, um, and I was like, I didn't know nothing about it. And then he was like, he'll go, yeah, that's the point. Like, <laughs> that's the whole point. <laughs> like, for you not to know about it. Or I'll be like, why didn't you invite me? He's like, why would I want my mom, like, to be there? So it's, it's Does funny. Does he not like, know how cool his mom is? Right. I, I just don't <laughs> get it. We we share, now we share events, but I I don't typically see him like he's in a totally different building like the business building is at Harborside Financial and I'm on um Kennedy Boulevard Westside Avenue like that campus so we never bump into each other but it's just funny like we're in the same school at the same time mm. so yeah. fun uh, yeah. So mental health, it's May is mental health awareness month. Um, love to hear, you know, some of your tips for people that are struggling mm-hmm. with mental health. I would say, um, it took me such a long time to really recognize that I suffered from clinical depression and anxiety. And for such a long time, like I had left things really bottled up. And so I had like a nervous breakdown and this was like, you know, a few years back when I talked about taking a leave from work. And then I finally got some therapy um, to narrow down that what I was suffering from was clinical depression and anxiety. Um, I tried the medication route, but it wasn't for me. I don't tell people like not to take it. Everything, every, everything is different for everybody. Um, I'm more like, how would you say that? Like, I don't want to say holistic, like, but into like herbs and vitamins and taking walks and journaling and therapy. And that's what's worked for me throughout the years. But um, a tip that I would definitely give to everybody is like, don't be afraid to say, if you're not feeling like yourself, like reach out to someone that you're a friend with, whether it's your spouse, a friend, your mother, your sister, your brother, a coworker, anyone, just, I feel like keeping things bottled up, like it makes you feel a hundred times worse. And the best thing that I could have done for myself was the first person I went to, honestly, was my mom. Like, I am not feeling like myself. And then my mom started to tell me, like, it could be this, that. Because in school, we never spoke about mental health or anything like that. During, like, health yeah. class, it was more yeah. about, like, teen pregnancy. Because that what that is what was going on in high school at that time. So 
out of high school, like I didn't know anything about mental health. And then um, my mother started telling me about like this little clinic at the time that was in Hoboken. Um, it was a mental health clinic, like on third and Monroe. Um, I got myself a therapist and I've been in therapy since like, I've always had a, a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and now as an adult, like, you know, and learning about this and stuff like that with my kids, like I'll question them too. Like, how are you feeling? How are, do you have anxiety? Are you happy? Are you sad? You know, my mom is like awesome as well. I have to put that out there. But like, those are things that she never spoke about with us either or asked us how we were feeling. And so I expressed to her that I was feeling this, Mm -hmm. like those ways. Yeah. And I think our parents' generation also, like they weren't always aware of what they were feeling. So there's, there was never mm -hmm. a thought to ask us what we were feeling. Um, I, I, I love that you talk about the FMLA, um, back because that is something I encourage people when I hear them in burnout, it's not Mm -hmm. something that I'd ever really considered because we don't, we do sort of stigmatize mental health. Like FMLA to me was just something that you took if, um, like you couldn't physically, um, like do something right. Like you had surgery for me. It, um, it wasn't until pandemic where I started to realize like, oh man, there's some times where if I had just taken FMLA, my life probably would have gone in a different direction. Right. And I'm very grateful for the direction my life is in right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't regret that, but the nervous breakdown in the FMLA. So I had a moment when I was teaching on the South side of Chicago, um, we had an, an in-service that day and I just didn't go and I didn't email anyone. I didn't call anyone until like 1 PM. I was just, I, I just couldn't. And I realized looking back, I had just put my ex-husband had just gone through chemo, a kidney trans- dialysis, a kidney transplant. And then his dad died and he moved away. My, my ex-husband had moved and like, there were all these other things happening. And I finally got, I was never going to not show up for the kids, but for, uh, for the adults, like I just got to a point where I was frozen. And what I chose to do then was give them until it was January when it happened is, uh, I took action. I said, I'll be here until spring break. You've got to replace me. I need to go and be with my family, which was my ex-husband, um, my husband at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I also could have just taken an FMLA, uh, and again, I don't regret that. Um, but when I think back to even, um, in Hoboken, when my mom died, it was running true mentors and that happened. And then a year later, uh, my dad came out of the closet as a gay man. And so that was just a, a shift in the whole like sort of foundation of my understanding of my parents and their marriage. They both knew he was gay. I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. dad, dad's faithful. Dad loved my mom very much. So for him, um, the hardest part for me was just watching him grieve. Yeah. Um, like Jan's like, he's been sobbing for hours. I'm like, yep, yeah, this is just where we're at today. Um, mm-hmm. is my mom so much. I mean, they grew up across the street from each other. They were like, they, they weren't, wow. high school, they weren't high school sweethearts. They were best friends. It wasn't in, yeah. the, uh, in their, in their twenties when they, when my mom said, you know, should we date? And my dad said, oh, well, actually I'm gay. And my mom said, do you, I don't care. Like, do you want to get married and have, and they did. So three months later they were engaged. That's my dad. When he, when he's committed, my dad is committed. Um, mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to, like I had brain freeze 
And then I would try to bring sentences together and people were like, what? And I realized I was just, I had anxiety about whether or not people were going to understand me. And FMLA would have been a really great opportunity for me to prevent maybe a future kind of break that I had. So it's really, um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, your FMLA leave and like how that helped you. So um, my FMLA was for a long time. I think I don't remember because it was like years ago. So I don't want to make up a number of months, but I feel like I was like on leave for at least six months. And this is why like, I'm so thankful for Tariq because my little, like, um, like my nervous breakdown was something that he didn't know nothing about either, but he was so scared because like all the emotions that I was telling him that I was feeling like mentally, like he's just like, you take off like as much as you need. Like I'm going to work. So I had that support of him where I didn't have to worry about any finances or anything. Um, so yeah, I took that, those few months off while I got myself back together. He was so supportive. Like he would work, um, he was working plumbing at the time. So I think he would work like six to two and then literally come home and be like, okay, what are we doing? To the point that I was like, so nervous. Like, am I going to burn him out? Because like, how are you not coming home tired? And like, you want to make sure that I'm okay. We would like take the train because we weren't really driving at the time. Take the train into the city and like just go for walks or grab some food. Come back. Like if if we had money, we would like shop. And then he'll just like every day, like repeated, repeatedly, like try to make he basically tried to tell me to like take all the self-care that I needed. Do you want to get your nails done? Do you want to like because for years, like, can you imagine like I've been a mom since I was like 17. It's been nothing for myself, just like kids, kids and work. I started working like when um well I was working at 15, but I started working full time at 18. I gave birth at 17, was working um full time at 18, gave birth to my second child at 21. So there was like no time for me to just be like Vanetta. Then I had Skylar, I think like at 23, and then I got married like 25. So it was just like one thing after the other, but no time for myself. Yeah. And then like, yeah. I just got to a point where I was just sick. Like I was so sick, like with anxiety, like not feeling sad every day, crying, lost a tremendous amount of weight. And then that's when I started to talk to my mother, like, oh my God, like I went there like emotionally crying, like mom, like something is not right. Like I don't feel like myself. And then she was like, it sounds like depression. So then I went to my doctor and my doctor w- was like, you know, you should take a leaf and work. Like, because you you're feeling this right now and you're not fixing it you're gonna make yourself work that's a great doctor i went to my doctor and they said let me just write you a prescription for lexapro oh my gosh (laughs) you know what's crazy like he didn't want to prescribe me nothing he he prescribed me xanax at the time i think because he said that he was not a psychologist and he didn't want to prescribe me nothing and so i seen a psychologist psychiatrist first because they're in charge of like prescribing medicine that's an even better doctor because i had i thought was that that person and it was just a um and that social licensed social worker was like that was the the therapist that i had that had suggested lexapro and then the the doctor that did my gyno also wrote me a lexapro prescription and so as you say that i'm like you know had anyone said to me maybe you just need some time. Cause as you're telling that story, I'm like, yeah, it was just like one thing after the other. And it wasn't just my dad. Right. And it wasn't just that. Like it was also 
I wasn't grieving my mom because I was taking care of my dad. And when I came right. back for true mentors, I was taking care of the kids and the summer program. Right. There was, and I, I couldn't have done it without some of the amazing volunteers that were so supportive. Like it got me to the place of, I had enough energy to even apply for another job. Um, yeah. and that was, I needed health insurance. That's why I had to leave that, that job is because I needed to be able to afford the person that said, let's just, let's just put you on Lexapro right. um, and mental yeah, health. Yeah. Like, you know, we're not for, yeah. I, I, um, and for me, um, number one, I had all the shitty side effects for the first three days. It was really, really horrible. Um, but all it did was it meant that I could stand there and not burst into tears when I was being yelled at in my office by my coworkers. Um, it meant that I didn't go to the bathroom and cry afterwards, but it didn't heal me. <laughs> it just allowed me to function just a little bit better than I was. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah. Uh, what an amazing doctor to just suggest that for you. Hey, yeah. it sounds like, and how I ended up doing that is I wrote a blog post. I sent to a couple friends where I was just like, I was, I wanted to quit. You know, I was just like giving up. and not from a suicide place because I'm like, well, I can't kill myself, my dad, but from a place of like, I just want to quit life. I just want to crawl into a hole and not have to do anything to exist. Yeah. That's burnout. Mm -hmm. And what I hear from you is that you have everything that a woman needs to get through burnout. You had a supportive partner. <laughs> Yes. You had supportive parents that probably mm -hmm. helped prevent you from having a burnout the first time you had a child. Yeah. I would just like go to my mom's house and cry. And we talk about that now. Like, and it's crazy because my mom now tells us that like she was going through home like depression and we didn't know about it. And it would be days that like we would go in the room and she would be like sitting in the dark and we would be like, turn a light on, like, because we were young and she yeah. was going through depression, but never spoke about it. So when I went to her, she's like, this is what that is. And she would just be like, just sit down and cry. Like, you need to cry it out. Like, and I would like literally go there and just like cry. And then be like, oh my God, like, yeah, that felt better because I was keeping everything bottled up, bottled up, bottled up. Yeah. And sometimes when you're feeling a little bit like crazy, like you don't want to, I don't want to tell my husband like, oh my God, I don't feel myself. Like, I feel like I'm going crazy. So just like getting a therapist, awesome like you this is a person that you can tell anything and you don't feel like you're going to be judged not saying that Tariq would judge me but just sometimes like you know like if you're going through like mental health things it's just uncomfortable to tell yeah I also think it's important that you're not you're giving those mental health burdens to someone that's a professional right. mm -hmm. and not always to your to your people to have to support you yeah. Um, yeah. Hearing you talk about treat just makes me want to just, just makes me smile about Dan because he, that that's really who he is. So support. What do you need? And he knew like, I needed to go to Illinois. I didn't need to stay here. Like he just, whatever I needed, he was going to make sure I had it. And because of that, uh, I don't know that I'm going to necessarily ever have to struggle again because I've never in my life had someone that was able to support me when I needed it. It's like, I now know that's how to awesome. support myself. Uh, through my, and uh, breathing has been, I'll share my resources with you after this call, but our breathing has been my biggest, um, like takeaway and being able to understand, like we have a brain in our heart, there's 40,000 neurons in there and our heart independently thinks, feels, remembers independent of our brain. And our heart also gives off this huge three feet around us, electromagnetic field of energy 
So we're communicating our energies to each other all the time. And in ancient Chinese medicine, they talk about when the soul arrives, the heart arrives. And when the heart arrives, then consciousness, the mind arrives. And then when the mind arrives, energy arrives. So if we're to spend time breathing through our bellies, which is how kids breathe when they're born, because that's our parasynthetic nervous system, then we can start like every just practicing belly breathing whenever you remember keeps you present. It turns on your parasympathetic nervous system. And then for me to close my eyes and just feeling my heart, imagining that breath coming into my heart and being able to just ask my heart, like, what do I need to know right now? has been an incredible shift because now my heart is able to send signals to my brain. Like if we take a heart and transplant it into someone, that person's taste buds will change. They're mem- they'll have memories of the pre- of the previous owner of that heart. They wow. their um, hobbies will change. It's an amazing book on the heart code of a, ha- a trans a surgeon who did heart transplants talking about these things. A couple murders have been solved from heart transplants. Uh, so knowing that you know our mind, we have a limbic system that really does run the show, but our heart can send those chemicals as well. So when we're able to slow our breath. Um, the five areas of our brain that pushes us into fight or flight is status, certainty. No wonder certainty was hard for you. Autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. And so any of those mm-hmm. triggers uh, will cause our brain then to either fight, fight, freeze. And so simply by shifting our breath, we're able to, and then focusing on our heart, we're able to bring in, you know, we have, we are kind of the three in one. We have a brain in our gut too. We have those same neurons. So if we can get all three of, if our body is not in alignment, then our mind mm-hmm. is anxious. Right. <laughs> right. Like when you start to notice where your breath is, uh, when you're feeling anxious, you'll also notice like, what is the, where is the anxiety even really coming from? Mm-hmm. And like, that's why mine is always my throat and feeling it here is I'm afraid to say the wrong thing. Yeah. And when, yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. go ahead. No, mine's like when I'm anxiety. Um, nervous is just like I don't know. My, you say yours is like your throat. Mine's mm-hmm. is like my chest. I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah, like yeah. this so makes me heart. Nervous. Like there's something your heart wants to tell you that you know. So for you to slow your breathing down and just ask your heart, what do we got? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my throat. It's just asking myself, are we feeling pressure to talk right now? You're not Jesus. Whatever you have to say doesn't really matter that much. Relax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, but I love talking about mental health uh, for May with you, and uh, what an incredible story and so much um, wisdom in the FMLA and just great. You've yeah. had a great support system, doctors, yes, and spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got to know then what is your superpower? <laughs> oh my goodness. I would just say, I don't know. Believe um having hope and faith. Mm. Maybe just keeping hope and faith. I have that tattooed on me actually too. Mm. On my neck. Somewhere here. Funny. Hoping like this. Yeah. Mine, I have, um, I have breathe right here, which is why I think yeah. it's so funny. Like when I was 30, I got that in LA. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's what you do when you turn 30 and you're in LA. <laughs> and so breath has been so important for me. Hope and faith for you. Mm. Yeah. I have hope, faith and strength. But yeah, I would just say like being hopeful, like has kept me going for so long. And they're just like my kids. I don't know. Like, I know that I have to wake up and fight another day, especially for them. 
What's so your like, purpose? Yeah. Hmm, I don't know how to answer that. My purpose? My purpose is to try to be a better me every day. Try to do better each day. What's next for you? Next for me is new career opportunities, hopefully, within the next, like, two years. Um, more traveling, hopefully. Mm, where do you want to go? Um, I've already been to Jamaica, and it was, like, one of the best trips I've ever been to. Like, the people there were just, like, such in good spirits. Like, so I want to go back to Jamaica 100%, like, with the kids, too. And then maybe, like, some weekend trips with my husband, but, like, Out of the country, Jamaica, for sure. That's number one on the list. Okay, you let me know if you want to go to Dollywood because that's over where I'm at. <laughs> uh -uh. <laughs> you want to go to the Smoky and go to Dollywood, you let me know. No, uh, Tariq has, I can get to you after this too. Like we've been looking at some um, places in Tennessee. That's where you are, right? On Groupon, there's like cabins. There's a lot of Groupons for Tennessee. So we've been looking at that because we're like very into saving money. So we drive a lot. And Tennessee is like something that's drivable. So we've been like looking at some stuff for there too. Yeah. I think your speaker's off. Let's see. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, um, yeah. Well, you yeah. let me know. We'd love to have you here. So what's next? New career opportunities. And right now you're currently at Hopes in Hoboken. Yes. Love it there. Yeah. And what's your, what's your role there? So I'm a family advocate. Yeah. Um, I'm basically just like enrolling the new preschoolers and keeping up with their health charts and, and communication and providing resources to parents. So it's been awesome. I've worked at Hopes years ago when I talked about my leave. At that time, I was a teacher assistant there. I was there from like 2008 to 2013. And then I just went back. I've been there like four months now. That's great. Fresh, but big fan of Hopes. I love the work that they're doing yeah. in the community. The building's so great for everyone as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Um, and if anyone wants to get a hold of you and connect with you, how can they connect to you? Um, I have a Facebook. Um, you can search me up under VR Miller. And on Instagram, I, it's the same. All right. I always give my guests the last word. So what would you like to leave our audience with today? I just want to say happy Sunday, be positive. Um, and like I said before, when we touch topic on mental health, if you're ever feeling something, just speak to someone and tell them how you're feeling. Don't hold that in. It'll make you feel like 100% better.